fantastic frame has her moment of fame. She is the Australian champion. And in the race for second, Grace Brown managed to get there. Followed then by Alyssa Politis. She gets bronze and she gets gold because she's the Australian under 23 champion. Hello and welcome to the Australian Cycling Insider Podcast. My name is Jamie Finch-Penninger and I am very lucky to be joined today after quite a, quite an absence from us doing podcasts, but uh, we're coming back in with a bang and we've got the Australian National uh, Road Race Champion in the under-23s, Alyssa Politis with us. Alyssa, great to, great, to, great to meet you. We haven't really spoken too much in the past. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> First of all, I mean, congratulations on the under-23 road race win, third in elites as well. So, you know, it was it was a high-quality field there, um, high-quality in the under-23s as well. And to take the win there, um, what are you thinking at the moment? Uh, it still hasn't really sunk in. Uh, yeah, still reflecting on it, really. I just watched the replay, actually, this morning. Um, briefly, just to, yeah, try process it all. But, um, yeah, big shock. Yeah, definitely wasn't my intention to yeah achieve what I did. So quite happy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into talking more about the specifics um, in a little bit as we go through the uh, road nationals. But can we like introduce you to some of our listeners? Um, obviously, um, you've been very dominant um, in the junior ranks. That was um, where we first um, came to know you, um, making making headlines, um, winning the. Um, I think it was, didn't you win all three categories in your first year um, as an under, as an under 19? Yeah, I I think first year I got second to Hayley Fuller in the road race. Um, and then we missed out on our track nationals. So I won the TT though. And then, the, yeah, last year I won every event I raced in, <laughs> which is a bit greedy of me. but um. Yeah, that's about. <laughs> well, when there's when there's um, so few events on, I mean, I think each event becomes a big target, then, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure, and especially for us Victorians, we you know train so hard, and yeah, just to have one race um, on the program that you know wasn't called off because of our COVID restrictions, um, it's always going to be yeah a big target for us to get it done and see. What our training, yeah, is that I guess our form. <laughs> you, you're on the um, the list to go to Worlds as well. I mean, obviously that must have been a big disappointment to to not be able to to do that. Um, how did how did you channel that um, frustration? <laughs> um, I wasn't too frustrated. I kind of I saw it as a bit of a blessing in disguise, really. Um, like in 2022, um, 2020. Sorry, I was doing year 12. So that gave me the chance to actually really knuckle down and focus on finishing my studies and putting, yeah, cycling to the side, I guess. And um, then last year, I had my first year of uni. Um, it would have been nice to go to World's End. That would have been a good kind of time to, yeah, really knuckle down and um, try to get some results overseas. But, you know, I've got opportunities this year to hopefully prove myself so yeah just keep looking forward to the next available opportunity and yeah 
Um, you do, you're doing a bit of uh, track and road and uh, mixing your mixing your um, efforts between those two. Um, what what excites you about each, and what are you looking forward to achieving in in each of those? Yeah, I I like both just because if I get sick of one, I go to the other and I find yeah a bit of release. Um, and yeah, vice versa. Um, for the track, I'm looking forward to yeah meeting the academy riders and possibly getting some World Cups and some racing overseas. Um, and kind of the same thing with the road, just getting some experience um, with different bunches other than our yeah domestic national bunch um, with the same girls. Uh, even though there's such a strong field, it's, yeah, I'm sure a different style of racing overseas. So it should be good to, yeah, kind of, um, experience that steep learning curve ahead. <laughs> anyway, we should probably jump into um, racing, otherwise we're going to be here all day chatting and um, we've got Kane Richards coming up later in the podcast as well to talk about the men's side of things. So let's just dive into the women's side. Um, we'll start off with the, uh, the time trial and Women's elite, it was Grace Brown taking the win um, ahead of Amber Pate and Lisa uh, Jacob. Um, Grace Brown just going to FDJ this year and takes the win by over a minute um, over Amber Pate, who was impressed by her performances over you know all the races. She was attacking, she looked really strong as well, and uh, um, hard to race against Lisa Jacob, similar as well. Maybe not quite as attacking as Amber Pate, but very good. Uh, Georgie Howe, who was a former rower as well, um, snuck up there into fourth. Um, well, not snuck up there. She was only four seconds off um, um, the podium there, so she was super impressive as well. Um, in the under-23s, Anya Lowe, who raced very well, I thought, and throughout the nationals as well, took, takes the win. Uh, she was sixth um, overall. And then we had uh, Alyssa Politis of Sydney Uni Staminade um coming in uh let's see that was about 40 seconds down there on annual low 38 seconds and emily watts rounding out the podium in third last year's winner in the under 23 um Alyssa, well congratulations on your silver medal um, <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> what, were, what, were the, what were the conditions like and how did that go from your perspective yeah, well, it was a very big step up from under 19. So obviously we had the one lap with a bit of the longer straight out to Yankee Flight Road, I think it was. Um, and then, yeah, under 23s and elite women, we do two laps, which means you're going to do two massive climbs of um, Gear Avenue out of that uni. So, yeah, it was um, difficult to pace. Um, I definitely stopped up my first lap, that's for sure, I think. Yeah, I was way too conservative, but yeah, at the end of the day, the best rider won, which was Anya, and yeah, she really, yeah, bossed it. She, yeah, to get, I think it was fifth or sixth in overall is amazing, so kudos to her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's really taken a step up from the looks of things. Um, yeah. She, um, she was sort of, sort of level before where... Um, she would sacrifice a lot for her teammates and uh, ride the front of the peloton quite a bit. And um, but it seems like she's at least viewing, hopefully viewing herself a bit more as a leader and um, thinking about the finales of races. And um, I think we saw that um, at the Quish especially. She was um, she was effective there when she won that one. <laughs> I did want to mention junior women as well because um, 
Uh, obviously, you've raced against quite a lot of these um, riders. Um, uh, so it was Isabel uh, Carnes, Izzy Carnes, who's, who's racing for um, ARA this year. Isn't yeah. She? Yeah, she's doing really well. Yeah, stepping up to top age. Um, yeah, I'm quite impressed with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I know Stu Shaw has some pretty big wraps on her as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see how she continues. But she won there about uh, from uh, Sophie Ma, um, who mm-hmm. who uh, finished 33 seconds behind, and then Lucinda uh, Stewart, who was 52 seconds down. Um, Alyssa, I mean, you've raced against certainly Sophie and Lucinda, and and there's yep. a- yeah, no, I've raced um, against pretty much the whole group there. Um, Bronte, my teammate, I think she came fourth or fifth in the TT. I haven't raced against her um, just because she's yeah. When I'm top age, she's top age of the next age group down. So yeah, no, I was quite happy with um, yeah. Proud of her results as well to step up into under 19s and get that. Um, but yeah, those girls there that I've raced against, they've always been really strong and contending. Um, you know, you've got your favourites and they're always there. So yeah, quite strong riders. <laughs> it's quite a, it's quite an interesting like little click of um, the people who uh, who race against each other together. I remember talking to Astrid Newton uh, who used to. Um, do a lot of events with, with you guys and uh and she said she just loved how um, how how much camaraderie there was amongst um, all the all the girls who raced as part of that that little group and i i remember thinking that after the time trial that you won what was it two two years ago i can't remember either two years ago or last year and everyone's going up and, th- and saying hi and um, congratulating each other even even after you know just after they'd done you know their own leg busting efforts so that's that's really nice to see <laughs> Yeah. Well, Lucy, Sophie and I, and um, there was Hayley Jenkins. She didn't do road nationals this year, but we were in um, a team's pursuit team that actually broke the Aussie record um, for both top edge under 17s and 19s. So we've um, trained closely together and spent a lot of um, yeah hours at the track. And, yeah, that really bonded us um, over the years. And, yeah. Definitely have a lot of respect for each other, that's for sure. Do you have a favourite uh, Madison partner out of that group? Yeah, I've only really raced with Lucy in the Madison, so I'd have to say Lucy Stewart. Um, I haven't raced with Izzy just because she's from Queensland and uh, Sophie, I've done a little bit of training with her, but actually haven't raced with her as a partner, so maybe in the future. <laughs> Okay, well, that's probably a good uh, good time to go on to the um, junior women's criterium because it was your uh, Madison partner, Lucy Stewart, who um, yeah. who took the win there. Um, back is that a that's a back to back for her, wasn't it? Because she won that last year, I believe. Yeah, she did win back to back. I usually race the criteriums just because they're really close to road race. So yeah, no, she definitely bossed it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she beat Sophie Ma there with uh, Bronte Stewart, yeah. who you mentioned earlier, uh, finishing yeah. third, um, a little bit behind. Um, and then there was a group that came in um, after after that. But it looks like yeah, some, those those stronger riders when they get away, they're gonna um, they're gonna really distance some of some of those other riders. <laughs> but 
it's good to good to see um, Lucy getting up there. I, I like how she writes. Right, she's got like an interesting attacking style to her, which is um, it's good to see in, in somebody you know still learning racing. Yeah, she's quite a crafty rider. Um, her smarts definitely, yeah, you can see it on the track for sure. Um, and she uh, puts it on the road as well. It's just yeah, it's pretty cool to watch. I wish I was yeah that savvy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there's like a, a sort of style to it as well. I don't know if mm. necessarily always um, super smart, but if you can see them um, when you're watching from the side of the road or um, on TV or, or whatever, you can you can see them doing things which um, which do add up. Like I think Neve Bradbury is a good example of this as well. I'm still quite a young yeah. rider. Always, she's you know swinging out to, to take a look at uh, the other riders with her. Um, she's you know not doing extraneous work when necessary and. Um, I think maybe some people do that uh, from when, from within the bunch, and they do <laughs> they can do that successfully. But um, sometimes, if it's a bit more demonstrative, like those examples, um, it can I don't know. It, it feels like if you're watching on, that's a bit more noticeable. So maybe it's not always super true, but it just seems like that sometimes. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, on to the elite women's uh, now, and it was uh, Ruby Roseman Gannon um, who took. Uh, the win from Bike Exchange Draco. Um, that was her eighth win in a row, which was yeah, it's crazy. Kind of ridiculous <laughs> to say, isn't it? Given you know how many people she's racing against in each of those events, it <laughs> uh, goes all the way back to Grafton to Inverell. Uh, yeah. Super impressive. Um, and Josie Talbot uh, from Sydney Uni Stabenade, your team. Yeah, my teamy. <laughs> yeah, that was a good um, second place. It's really close in the end. Um, yeah, she was pretty happy with that result. So, yeah, good outcome. <laughs> uh, Peter Mullins in third there from Roxelt Lutram. Good performance from her, given that she came back from you know nasty injury um, with uh, uh, with her wrist and leg um, after a crash there during uh, during the summer. Um, and then Anya Lowe won the under twenty threes with a very good sprint at the end, I thought, um, of ARA Sunshine Coast. Neve Bradbury um, was in that group there as well, sprinting sprinting up there for second. And then you go back down to Keely Bennett, who was uh, back in the Peloton there, but did a very good sprint from there. She was um, third in that group from the Peloton, so that was good. Uh, Knights of Suburbia. Um, what what was your takeaway from that race uh, there, Alyssa? Because it was quite it was quite um, defensive through most of it, but then last few laps it just lit up and some some of those um, attacks from the big riders went well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that winning break was yeah quite critical. A lot of the girls couldn't bridge across. I mean, Alex Manley did such a great job um, to yeah protect uh, Ruby and yeah really work hard for her I think that was yeah the highlight of the race um so yeah huge kudos to her and yeah Ruby obviously dominating like always um winning that sprint so it was yeah quite cool to see um and yeah JC coming up behind her it was yeah even more exciting on my end for the team um yeah it was quite an exciting race that's for sure well, yeah, Josie was, what, a wheel length off in the end? Um, yeah, no, she was really close. <laughs> Alex Malley's not there doing that lead out. I mean, maybe that's a different result. So um, it was, yeah, it was a really good ride by um, Alex Manley in that one. And, you know, Ruby's got a, a bright future ahead of her and behind her. Yeah, she, she's the, 
very incredible rider and very interested to see how she goes at um, world tour level uh this year yeah. um onto the onto the big big stage though and it's the road race um on well we'll start off with the saturday road race um, and it was sophie ma there who took the win from lucinda stewart and isabel Carnes. um those three riders just switched around the the placings um throughout <laughs> throughout the um throughout the week the week at, at the road nationals um and then bronte stewart up there in fourth as well um so that's that's very much that sort of thing uh they all arrived together in a group of six there at the end and then it's just you know put the pedal down and go go as hard as you can to the to the line i think not everyone can win solo Alyssa. Like, like, <laughs> um what, what did you think of, of that one it's hard it's hard because the women's juniors don't have as much um have, have as much coverage of them as the yeah so it's harder to see what goes on but um that's a strong group of the runs to be in there and fights them yeah i think um you know all those four girls really were quite consistent throughout the week so to pull off that performance um you know finishing in a bunch it's um still impressive um and commendable i guess but um yeah not as aggressive as probably last year but yeah, it was good racing um, from what I could see each lap as I went around. Um, would have been nice, like you said, if it was live streamed. Um, but yeah, that was a good ride by all. So yeah, kudos to Sophie for the win. <laughs> On to the elites and under 23 women's uh, road race now. Um, first of all, Alyssa, I mean, the race within the race nature of it um, being the under 23s and, and the elites um, bundled together in one, um, how did you navigate that and how did you find that? Because, you know, it's a subject which has had a bit of debate. Yeah, well, I think it was the last lap I asked Nave Bravery, um, is it just me, you and Emily Watts in the group that, you know, are in under 23s? And she's like, yeah, and I think there's this girl here, I think it was Mia. Can't remember saying it surname, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I think it is a bit confusing if you don't do your homework and remember all the numbers and like who's in your age category, um, that's for sure. But yeah, it's pretty surreal, I guess, to get the chance to ride against those elite women, um, just to ride next to yeah, Grace Brown and Rachel Nayland and even Nate Bradbury <laughs> and yeah, like Alex Manley and yeah, Ruby. It was yeah, quite an experience in itself just to be in such a yeah, respectful and um yeah, well studded, star studded uh Peloton, that's for sure. Sometimes we've seen the situation of um some teams racing for that under 23 category um it didn't seem so much this time um were there any of those tactics out there on the road i think oh by the way i think it was mia hayden uh, from women's racing mia hayden yes that's right sorry <laughs> uh, i think that's uh i think that's a brisbane based team um i think imogen alton used to race them up in some of those yeah she did yeah <laughs> were, were there any plans set for you did you um do you have any riders that you were going to follow um if they if they made a move yeah, originally it was going to be Anya and Neve, definitely, and obviously Emily Watts, um, just looking at the podium from last year. Um, 
yeah, despite uh, the absence of Sarah, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, those were the main riders to watch out for. Um, and yeah, I definitely marked me quite heavily near the end. So I felt really bad, but you know, she's a yeah good sports person, so it was all good. <laughs> no, she can console herself with her world tour contract. I think um, that's. <laughs> Uh, no, that was actually evident from the uh, broadcast on. I think it was actually um, mentioned by the commentators during the end of um, you and Neve um, being quite close together in that, yeah. in that in that final group as you went through the university there. Um, what what was the feeling um, within the race? I mean, it, it was a it was an exciting race throughout, and um, sometimes sometimes uh, the women's race ends up with you know a breakaway, just winning it or. Um, a bit of a foregone conclusion at times, but this one mm. was you know, right in the belts all the way up to the line. What was the what was the feeling uh, within the peloton? Yeah, um, for me personally, yeah, jumping into that race, I didn't have um, high expectations, or you know, I honestly didn't think I'd even finish in the lead bunch. Um, my aim was just to survive and um, see how long I could last in the main bunch and. Yeah, as the race progressed, I, um, you know, kind of gained a bit more confidence and, yeah, that was such a surreal feeling, again, to be um, racing side by side against those pro riders and, you know, the atmosphere on the um, on Mount Buninyong was pretty cool as well and, yeah, just seeing those laps tick on past was um, quite satisfying and, yeah, that was... You beat Ruby Rose McGannon in the in the sprint, which I mean seems incredible to say. Um, but it, can you talk us through those? Uh, well, how about talk us through um, maybe from uh, I think Rachel Nalen made a few a few attacks. So maybe um, when mm-hmm. Rachel Nalen went away to the finish there. Yeah, it was quite. Um, yeah, the pace was really on in the last lap. That's for sure. Um, Nave did that um, attack in the feed zone. Um, with the last lap, um, which really kind of set the tone for, yeah, the rest of the course. So, um, yeah, even going up Mount Buninyong, there was like a couple of cannibal attacks and I actually dropped off the bunch in the last part of that climb. Um, so <laughs> I had to, yeah, really dig deep just to catch back on and, um I think I just caught on before we turned into Gear Avenue, I think it was. So, yeah, pace was certainly on. Um, and, yeah, I just relied on instinct after that. Um, again, survival mode <laughs> was key. Um, but, yeah, certainly very aggressive, that's for sure. And that final final sprint there, how did you um, go about approaching that? Uh, I, I don't really know. I kind of went into autopilot. Um, I was originally looking for Neve, um, and then I saw a few wheels with a bit more momentum. So kind of my tracking sticks came into play there, and I think I jumped onto Ruby's wheel first and then went straight to the other side to Grace Brown's wheel and um popped out at the last minute um it's probably a little bit too late but yeah sprinted to the line for third um and at that point I had cramps in my calves 
So I just really wanted to, yeah, get it over and done with um, at the end of the day. But, yeah, now I was quite surprised after I um, crossed that line. <laughs> I had to double-check if I actually, yeah, did come in third. So that was cool. Yeah, congratulations because that was it was a great result and an amazing race, race by you. So Thank you. Um, a few of the other interesting performances, I mean, Nicole Frayne, of course, the winner, um, you know, just picked, picked the right moment to, to go hard through those corners in Federation University, which are, you know, technical, technical enough. I mean, they don't necessarily look like much, but they're technical enough where if you do take them aggressively and accelerate out of them, then mm. yeah, there can be a gap. She displayed that very well. She got a little gap and then, then there was just a bit of um, toing and proing behind and that's all you need um, for an athlete of the quality. Exactly. Uh, he'll be racing this year with Roxalt Lutran, though maybe she gets picked up by a bigger team. We'll see. Hopefully. Roxalt have got a good, a good program this year from what I'm hearing. They're, they're heading overseas, so it'll be good to see after a number of years grounded in Australia with COVID. Um, and, you know, they've got a very good team as well, so interesting to see. Uh, Grace Brown there in second. Um, yeah, it just continues a run of, of podium performances at nationals. You sense it's not going to be too long until she she um, gets that top step, but um, she's got her sights set on bigger events later in the year um, with her new team. Um, and then yeah, Ilsa in, in in third. Um, I think I think that might even be a bit uh, uh, best result for Sydney in East Adelaide. I wouldn't. Yeah, that's the um, first thing my teammate said as <laughs> I um yeah kind of congregated around me after the race like oh we're so proud and they're like crying and everything and yeah that was a special um moment and feeling to share with them um yeah I'm certainly very grateful and lucky to have such a supportive team and yeah they definitely know how to hype <laughs> Well, that just about wraps it up from Nationals. Um, we're going to do a brief um, look at the, uh, not the Tour Down Under, the Santos Festival of Cycling. What are you, what are you looking forward to most about, uh, about this, Alyssa? I mean, you're racing uh, not as part of the Sydney Uni Staminate team, but um, part of the Garmin Australia team um, due to uh, you being one of the junior world athletes um, that didn't get to go on to junior worlds. Um, <laughs> What are you looking forward to at the at the at this stage? Um, well, I think exactly that. Just wearing the national colours, um, wearing them with pride. I think it's yeah, quite an honorary position to be in. So, um, yeah, just to have that opportunity, I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, we won't be riding up Wollonga. That was going to be yeah, my big highlight um but yeah hopefully maybe next year we get the opportunity to do that um but yeah no again looking forward to yeah riding against um such a strong field of women um yeah it's a great opportunity yeah and you'll have um grace brown alongside you in the garmin australia team so one that is going to be one of the favorites for the overall if your own performance uh, from nationals doesn't put you in that category as well so do you know the rest of your teammates at this stage yeah so the girls who missed out on junior worlds um with along with me um 
they'll also be joining. So you've got Lucy Stewart, Hayley Fuller, Izzy Carnes and myself. Um, and, yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to announce the team yet just because it hasn't been publicly released. But, yeah, hopefully that's soon. But, yeah. It's, a, about it's only a few days away and they probably should have announced it already in any case. Cause yeah, was, they probably... <laughs> I, was going, I was going looking for um, an entry list um, and nobody's got one. Even people that are cycling are going to contact with, nobody's got it yet. So, anyway, um, we'll announce <laughs> up on, on the... Uh, on the day we do know a few of the bike exchange jaco riders which is the you know the australian world tour team uh ruby roseman gannon will be there along with alex manley georgia baker who um, had to miss uh, nationals with covid and amanda spratt as well will be racing for the bike exchange uh, jaco as well coming back after her iliac um, artery um, operation there so i mean she didn't do nationals um, but you couldn't keep her away from uh from two down under she's got such a long history at that event um, <laughs> so uh, it'd be great to see Spratty back in action um she said uh, that she's not making a big target out of this early part of the season but once we get to the classics that's what we're looking for so hopefully we see her going going well there well i suppose we jump into a few of the uh, the stages now and uh stage one Tananda to williamstown 85.4 kilometers they're all about that same length 85 86 kilometers um and that starts on sunday january 23rd um it's around the barossa valley um there just that you know that very pretty part of the world with that uh, rolling and flat terrain of the area uh there's a climb towards the end which in the stage description uh, it's listed as a sprinter stage no there's the whispering roll wall uh, right at the end there with, with about four k's to go and that's a 1.2k climb um, and an average gradient of 5.7%. Um, I'm not sure we'll see a lone winner there, but a, a small group, I think, is is quite likely from there. What, is that how you see it, Alyssa? Yeah, I think that would definitely be a critical point. Um, some teams, I'm sure, will use that maybe in their tactics to possibly put a big attack in and try, yeah, um, break the bunch a bit and get that gap coming into the finish. So it'll be yeah, interesting to see how yeah different teams play it out. <laughs> yeah, and if you get a chance, go down uh, to that finish and uh, watch the Paracycling TT um, ahead of that race as well. Um, great to see the Santos Festival of Cycling taking that extra step and giving those uh, athletes a, a chance to show themselves. I think they did that um, either last year or the year before as well. So it's, it's great to see. Stage two uh, is McLaren Vale to Achunga, um, 85.7 kilometres, um, and that's on the Monday. It's a kind of flat start, then this kind of long grind there up Peters Creek Road, um, and then descending into like the Marker area around there. There's also a nearly three kilometre section of dirt and gravel, um, and that's coming up towards the QOM at Prospect Hill, which is about midway through the race. Um, and then it's mostly flat through to the finish, you know, for some rollers here and there. What do you think? What do you think about that stage? It was, I mean, I don't know if you've um, if you've seen anything of this um, dirt section, but um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I've never raced in gravel before. Um, well, from what we've kind of um, discussed in our junior worlds team meetings, uh, it seems like it's quite. It's not too coarse surface or loose surface, so 
it shouldn't be too bad, um, but I guess we'll have to see on the day um, weather conditions and traffic conditions obviously will change that from when we saw um, the little recon footage uh, till yeah, the race. So should be an interesting one. <laughs> Who's taking care of you guys out there? Who's um, um, directing to So Donna Ray Skolinski, I've probably pronounced her name wrong. I've known her for yeah, two years now, she knows better. But um, yeah, she'll be our DS, I'm pretty sure. And I think Matthew Gilmore will be the DS for the men's. So yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> Oh, well, they, they don't call it a super coach for nothing. Um, no. <laughs> so fans there. Stage three is Lowenthal uh, to Lowenthal and um, is 86.9 kilometres. That's the Tuesday. That's the final stage. A bit of rolling terrain, two un, unpaved sections in that one um, and a final climb about 2Ks from the finish, which, you know, should separate things out a bit. We'll see. Um, it's the Nagang Kipari climb. Again, hope I got the pronunciation correct on that. Um, about 500 metres long, um, average gradient of 6.9%. And, you know, short, pretty sharp. Um, do you think that's going to have a big impact on the race or are most people going to be able to, you know, muscle their way over that one? Yeah, I think it'll be more suited to your more punchy riders. So Ruby, um, I don't think it'll really pay into the hands well as your pure climber riders. Um, but then again, I could be wrong. Um, it, yeah, we'll just have to see on the day, I think. And like you said, it's so close to the finish, so a climber could pull it off. Um, yeah, there's only two Ks to go um, from there. Mm. It's going to be I – think, I think that's – if we haven't seen um, any splits um, up to that point in terms of, you know, significant time being taken, which might happen, I guess, on the Williamstown st stage, um, but otherwise I think you're probably looking at the winner emerging there, maybe solo or maybe a very small group and going to the finish there. So that'll be interesting. I think that's where we see the race decided. And yeah, it's good that we get to um, likely see like we see a race winner decided on that final stage there. Yeah. Oh. I think it'll be an important stage as well in terms of GC. So you'll, yeah, probably expect some GC riders trying to, yeah, punch it over and maybe get that extra time bonus um, over there. But, yeah, because then you've got the criterion on the fourth day. So unless you block the field, you're not going to get much of a time bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the Trek Riders, Trek Night Riders, um, crit in Victoria Square. Um, I, I I'd understood that was separate from the um, from the oh. festival of cycling, but maybe not. If if you're on if you're on site, you you're the one who knows more than me. But um, that's, that was the way. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so that's why it's presented. At least anyway, we'll find out. Yeah. In the past, they've run a criterion as the final stage, so we would. Yeah. But it's a you know a nighttime criterion uh, to finish off the race. That's unusual, and um, they've done similar things in the past. Um, but normally, as separate events, the, those nighttime ones, they normally do the 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 circuit out there around Victoria Park. Um, whereas this one looks a bit more central into the centre of town, where they had the, the festival tents and um, all the events on there. Are you, are you looking forward to that one? 
Yeah, that should be cool. Um, cartoons usually draw a bit more atmosphere anyway, just because, yeah, you can see the overview of the race. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to maybe getting some crowds, um, all depending on COVID, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, that should be yeah, a good way to finish off a solid um, few days of racing. Always love a crit. <laughs> Fairly standard um, sort of um, Santos Festival of Cycling slash Women's Tour Down Under. We're not looking for maybe a pure climb in this one, so it's probably not your um, Amanda Spratz, um, Justin Barrow, um, those sort of riders, but those ones who've got a bit of kick with them, maybe like Matilda Reynolds, um, Grace Brown, Nicole Freight. I mean, you know, Ruby Rose McGannon, those sort of riders who are up there at the at the recent nationals. And... Uh, um, somebody else who I was really impressed by um, at Nationals was Ruth Corset, who had to jump on her daughter's bike at one point. She was having serious uh, mechanical troubles. And so it was a bit funny watching her in that final sprint there as she couldn't actually, <laughs> couldn't actually pedal on the downhill because that was spinning, spinning out. So um, she's, she's definitely one to watch. Um, I don't know exactly what age she is now, but obviously a multiple National Road Series champion and a serious pedigree behind her. Um, Alyssa, are there any other names um, I'm missing there? Um, no, I think even Josie Talbot um, from Sydney Uni Staminate, I think, yeah, she's got a good chance. Um, I would say Georgie Whitehouse as well, but she's riding on a Team Spurs bike at the moment, which is, yeah, giving her a little bit of grief. Um, obviously, it's never going to be um, quite perfect to your actual bike, so... Rock Salt, they've got a lot of depth as well. I'm sure they'll be able to play around with their team. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think you've covered it all. <laughs> well, not quite because I missed Emily Herfoss. Oh. oh, yes. Which, of course, um, she definitely needs to be mentioned after her, <laughs> her uh, great attack at um, Nationals. And, I mean, she's... The TT result as well. Yeah, she's just a yeah. quality writer. Um across the board. I mean, we've seen that over a number of years now. So great to see her back in racing after having having a kid. Um, so she's, yeah, she's going places. Anyway, um, I think that might be our cue to wrap it up, Alyssa. Thank you for your time. And uh, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing you race again. Um, and where's the best place for people to follow you if they want to follow your adventures? Um, probably on Instagram. Um, yeah, more active on there than Facebook. So my handle's just my full name, so Alyssa Pilates, and yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Well, thanks for your time, Alyssa. Um, we'll look forward to seeing you in action at the uh, Santos Festival Cycling. No, thanks for your time, Jamie. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Kane Richards is the king of the Gold Coast. Well, that is just a brilliant performance, no doubt. He'll win the Altus Traffic Most Aggressive Rider today. Incredible. And I propose a fourth step on the final podium and someone make some sort of medal. And we're now here with Kane Richards of RRA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast. Um, Kane, of course, famously came fourth in the Nationals Road Race um, just the other day. Um, Great ride out there from from the breakaway early on and just hanging on in there to the finish. Um, Kane, uh, thanks for joining us. Exciting times for you. Is that is that the pinnacle of your of your cycling career at present? 
Uh, I'd hope it goes a bit higher than that. That's the plan. So hopefully it's just the beginning and this is my one shot to sort of jump into the big league. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, certainly plenty of people know the name Kane Richards after that after that ride um, on Sunday. We're going to run through the uh, men's results um, from the road nationals and then look ahead to the Santos Festival of Cycling Um the viewers at home have just heard Alyssa Pilates um, of Sydney Uni Women's Stamlade have a chat with me. So um, we'll just jump on into the men's events now because, uh, Kane, you, you played uh, quite a big part over the over the competition, um, playing paying a part in um, each, of the, each of the events. Did you do the crit? That was my, my, my one query. Uh, no, I didn't do the crit. Um, I have a bit of a regret not doing the crit just because um, a couple of the boys, so Craig and Cam Scott both finished third and fourth. Um, and I was sitting back at our accommodation watching. So I wish I had gone there to give them a hand. I reckon with a little, little extra helping hand, I think we could have got a good result. But, but um, I think I might schedule that one in for next year and we'll give it a go. But I've never done the crit at Nationals. I've only ever done the TT and the road race. Yeah, we'll talk about the credit in a bit, but um, yeah, they could have used maybe one more person um, just to drag home, drag home those um, late attackers there. So we'll start off with the TT. I'll start off with the junior men, uh, Hamish McKenzie, who had a very good um, uh, week on at the road nets. He took out the win there from Cam Rogers, um, who also had a very good week um, by 24 seconds with last year's winner Lachlan Miller, uh, University of Queensland, um, finishing 30 seconds behind. Do you know Lachlan Miller at all? Up from, you know, r- roughly your neck of the woods? Uh, yeah, no, I know Lockie pretty well. We raced together a fair bit in the Queensland stuff. Um, he goes really, really well for a young fella. Um, and you always know it's going to be a good solid race when he rocks up. So, Yeah, he seems incredibly strong for, you know, for his age. and you know. Very strong. I kind of get away with it at the moment because he has to go back to under 19 years. So if I go fast enough for long enough, it just makes him struggle a little bit. But... If um if he was on open gears, it'd be a different story. I get how young um all of those young boys in the under 19. So I think because our team had first to fourth in the TT, but you do forget how young they are when you're riding with them because they are so strong. Um, and a lot of them are so mature too. Yeah, yeah well, Cam Rogers, of course, comes from a good cycling family, so good to good to see him up there. Um, with Dad Dean and uh, Mike Michael his uncle, so. A pretty pretty impressive um, bunch there, the, the Rogers. Um, on to the men's under twenty three now. We're rattling through these. Um, Carter Turnbull goes back to back there, winning by thirty seven seconds over Matt Dinham. Dinham, you know, a lot of people thought they might be, he might be able to knock off Carter Turnbull there, but um, thirty seven seconds is a pretty good advantage. Um, the time is a bit slower than last year. Um, might that might play into what the conditions were out there. We'll talk about that came with you a bit later when we're talking about elite men's uh, and Zach Marriage uh, from Team Bridge Lane in there in third position, 57 seconds down, Carter Turnbull, of course, of informed TMX make. Any surprises there from you, from your perspective, Ken? Uh, no, I knew Carter would go really well. Um, I actually didn't pay too much notice to the under-23 guys this year um, just because a lot of the boys I race and ride with up here um, have all just moved up into the elite field. So it was quite, sort of left a little bit of a blank in there for me as far as my sort of immediate friendship or relation group goes. Um, but I did expect Carter Turnbull to have a good time there. 
Yeah, and he certainly delivered on that. And then in the men's elite, this is uh, where Kane comes in. Uh, Kane, you were sixth on the day. Um, three minutes, 34 seconds down on eventual winner, um, Rowan Dennis of Jumbo Visma, um, who debuted his new colours and style, winning that TT by over a minute, a minute and 13 seconds to Luke Durbridge of Bike Exchange Jaco and Connor Lay um, in third. Um, informed TMX make um, kind of really good result there. Um, he was he was uh, one of those riders, uh, as you mentioned, taking the step up from under 23s and um, straight onto the podium at the Nationals. So that's pretty impressive. Um, Kane, um, six, how were you, were you happy with that performance and uh, how was it, Alan? Um, I am happy with the performance. I I wouldn't say so. I got six last year as well, um, and I'd say I'm a lot, I was a lot more happy with the result last year um, than I was this year. I was hoping to do a little bit better, but unfortunately, on the day, it just happened to be one of those days where I just I didn't have the legs, um, so I didn't have quite the numbers that I wanted to hold, um, but sort of had to adapt on the day and just rein it back in a little bit and just ride to what I was able to do, um, which got me in for a a sixth place, which was good. Um, I think checking the results, I I was 40 seconds faster than last year, Um, but my numbers were 20 watts lower than last year. And I, on training, uh, me and Kirby have been working on it quite a bit, and um, I anticipated being 30 watts higher than last year. And I was I was actually 20 watts under, so I was I was about 50 watts below my target, what I wanted to do, um, which is happens sometimes. Um, anyone who rides knows sometimes you go out there and you just don't have it, and other days you go out and um, and you do. But um, it was good, and I'm really happy with how it went, and I was able to still pull through and get it done. Um, well, in an effort against the clock, there's uh, not too many better than Jordan Kirby to um, be tutored, tutored by in that regard. Yeah. That wraps up the uh, TT then. Um, On to the Criterium now. And um, it was, again, Hamish McKenzie who took out the win in the junior men, uh, Andrew Phillips second, and Leo Zimmerman third. Hamish winning in, in style there, going solo. Um, that was That was a pretty impressive win. Um, and then on to the under-23 men, uh, Graham Frisley took out the win there from that. A very impressive uh, sprint at the end from in- informed TMX make. They had three of the top four um, with Josh Duffy in second there. Uh, Zachary Marshall from St. George finished third and Blake Quick was fourth. Uh, though Blake would go on to arguably better things um, in the next few days. Um, how, did, how did you see that one, uh, came watching or watching from home so you wouldn't have seen much of it unfortunately uh so we were watching from our accommodation all cheering for Declan um but didn't have too many numbers in the under 23s either so he sort of just had to work with what he could do and um try and bring it home but um I honestly thought after racing Baker with Blake um and he was quite dominant there I thought he um he almost had it in the back, um, but yeah, um, the way the race unfolded, he had his work cut out for him, and um, the boys got away. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, he would have been a big favourite there, but um, in any case, um, he would uh, go on to win the road race. Um, then on to the elite men's um, road race and uh, criterion rather, and that was that was a great spectacle actually. It was plenty of attacking. 
And then, of course, it comes down to that uh, final lap, well, lap and a half flyer from Cameron Ivory, who took out the win uh, solo ahead of Alistair Christie Johnson, who also did a really good attack, um, with Cameron Scott um, doing what he, doing what he's done a bunch of times um, in nationals, um, cleaning up um, the bunch sprint, but um, unfortunately having uh, some guys up the road. Um, and his ARA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast teammate Craig Wiggins there coming in fourth, and you know Brenton Jones and the other sprinters um, in there behind. Um, what was the feeling in the team after that one? Okay. Uh, it was good. So we were happy with the result. Obviously, got the bunch win. Um, but unfortunately, the two guys just nipped away at the end. Um, and just because we didn't have the team um, there with the support, we sort of just lacked um, the, or they lacked the ability to bring the break back on the last lap. And it's kind of that old, like, you sort of have to be willing to lose it to win it. So just hoping someone else would bring it back um, so that they had that sprint at the end. And unfortunately, the, the guys at the end were just too strong. I am, um, Cam Ivory is just absolute class. Like, he nailed that move right at the end. Um, and as soon as I saw him go away, I've seen some of the training he's been doing. I'd, there was a very slim chance that he was coming back once he had that gap. Um, so And he, he absolutely nailed it. So kudos to him um, for that last late attack. He read, read it so well. and had the had the legs at the end to go with it and um and it paid off it doesn't always but that time it did and it was quite a spectacle yeah some of cam's performances in the past have just been mind-boggling um i think particularly like stand shake it crit where he was dominant for years years on end he won the like the last three or four of them now and yeah that final hill where he puts out like you know 1400 watts or something up there and you just like Ooh, you know, you don't even weigh that much. <laughs> and he's just flying flying around. Yeah. Those. <laughs> yeah. He's a special rider. Just dances on the pedal. Mm. Anyway, so that that was that was the criterion. It was yeah, it's good fun. Uh, they, they were good to watch. Um but of course the um main event is the road races and uh uh, in the junior men's, it was Cameron Rogers who uh who took the win there, your your teammate uh, for the upcoming season um came uh oscar chamberlain in second and campbell palmer in third um have you, have you had much interaction with cameron um okay uh not too much um i only met cameron this last week being at nationals and the under 19 boys um a lot of them had to stay with their family while they're away so i didn't have too much um, like I obviously did see him, but not as much as I did the others that we roomed with. Um, but he did really well to to bring that one home. I know the young boys work so well together um, to help keep that race to, uh, together. And it all sort of went to plan for them at the end. Um, it was really impressive to see them work together so well and have pulled it off. Um, so. Yeah, the the junior gears sprints on the Mount Bunnyong circuit are always a bit um, frantic, aren't they? Because they come down the big hill, they've got plenty of speed, and then it's always a real sight to see those um, junior riders um, just spinning their legs like mad there at the end of that um, junior men's road race. Yeah, it's always a crazy finish, and there's usually a few more of them together as opposed to the other races, which usually just get blown apart. Anyway, we'll move on to the under-23 men's, which we got to see for the first time. Um, 
live streaming on SBS and there's still the replay up on SBS On Demand if you want to go back and uh, have a look at it, which, yeah, you know, you might well want to do because it was a good race. Um, it was real tactical affair with Team Bridge Lane and Inform, Team X Make in particular, um, doing a lot of sort of moves off the front during the middle stages of the race, trying to force each other to chase and um, put each other in a bad situation. And we saw uh, Tristan Saunders, Blake Quick, um, get up the road at one point and they had Liam Walsh there for company and it looked, it looked like those three might go to the finish together, but then Liam Walsh has, um, has his um, mechanical issue and Matt Dinham managed to bridge over to them there on Mount Bunningyong. And then it went into the finish there with those three, um, Saunders, Dinham and Quick. And a chase behind from plenty of interested um, teams um, and they got bloody close. It, got, it was seven seconds at the end and there were plenty of times where it looked like they might be able to get into contact, but uh, didn't quite happen. And um, yeah, just a really exciting finale there with um, Blake Quick out-sprinting out Matt Dinham for the win. Uh, Carter Turnbull was coming from behind really hard as well, but he, he ended up finishing fourth with Saunders uh, third. Kane, how did you, how did you see that one? It was a really exciting race to watch. Um, so you pretty much recapped it there nicely. But um, what I really would have hoped is, um, and I felt so bad for Liam having his mechanical and um, I think he dropped his chain and then had to get off and fix it. But he was racing so smart all up until then, um, only rolled through when he had to um, and played it well and got to the pretty much the top of the climb on the last lap. Um, and I know Liam pretty well racing with him. He's a very quick finisher. Um, he got the better of us at the Noosa, Noosa Criterium um, not too long ago in November, that was. Um, and I think he still had quite a bit to give because he did end up in that chasing bunch. And from the coverage that there was, he did a lot of work to try and bring it back, um, but didn't quite get there. Um, and then ended up winning the bunch kick, I think, um, from that for fifth. So I think if he hadn't had dropped his chain and been there, um, I think Blake might have been in a bit of trouble and Liam would have given a run for his money. But it's, um, it is what it is and it happened and happens. It's happened to me before. It's, an, it's, a, it's very annoying. But, um, yeah, Blake did really well. He raced it smart. He got up the road and managed to make it round without getting caught by the guys and um, he had the, the finish there. He was cramping up at the end, which was lucky he got there, but um, no, he raced it really well, really smart and um, got the job done. Yeah, I mean, tough luck stories in a bunch of cases, I guess, but you know, in the end, it's the first rider across the across the line that matters and uh, hats off to Inform TMX, mate. That was just a superb team ride from then. They, were, they had riders everywhere that they needed to have them and, uh, you know, control the race pretty much throughout um i feel bad for matt denham as well because he looked this well yeah liam walsh probably in there as well um but matt denham looked the strongest um of those riders out there you know just to bridge across by himself there on that final climb um final time up mount belling young and then you know and then he's one versus two against inform so it's not too much you can do there and uh he did well to run second i think yeah, no, he did really well. And his time up the climb on the last lap was phenomenal. I think he went up in five five minutes 30, um, which is very impressive, especially to do solo um, and bridging across. Um, so it's a very 
very impressive time up the climb, especially on the last lap. Um, so he's he's riding very well. I think he'll be one to watch at um, Tour Down Under. Yeah, he was um, he was he was real um, breakout star of uh, last year for uh, Bridge Lane and for the um, national well the national squad over there um, in some of those um, overseas races. He he really showed um, that he's got um, serious potential in those ones, and I think his future's uh, pretty pretty well assured, even if it even if it would have been nice to get a get a landmark win here. He's looking looking really in form at the moment. Um, a few other guys to pick out, uh, Dylan George in his first year, um, under 23, he was in that, he was in that next chasing group there, um, looking pretty impressive. Um, Jensen Plowright, I mean, he's, he's not built for that course, but he, he goes, he goes around okay and does well. And, uh, Declan Tresize, I mean, you, you mentioned that you're cheering on for him. He was uh, top 10 as well and did a pretty good result. Maybe not what he was hoping for, but, um, I don't know what was his feelings after that? Uh, he he was happy with himself. He's a little bit disappointed. He just got distance on that last lap round. Um, so we're all absolutely screaming for him to make it over in that front bunch because he's a very handy finisher. Um, so, but um, unfortunately, he just didn't ha- quite have the legs to get over the climb on that last lap and um, got distanced by those guys, especially when Matt Dinham tore up there like he did. Um, so. But um, he did really well to come in and finish with the top ten. So, yeah, it's good performance. Um, moving on to the elite men's, and um, if the under twenty threes was um, action packed, um, certainly the elite men saw plenty of uh, lead changes um, throughout the day. Um, and two better to you know take us through the race um, than the person who was out front for most of it. Uh, Kane, um, he got busy early and uh, never stopped for the rest of the race. It seemed. Yeah, no, the, the goal was to make the early break um, and get in it. So I just had to make sure I was at the front and tentative at the start. Um, I had a little bit of a hiccup at the start. Someone hit my rear derailleur and I knocked the battery off. So I ended up, I had no rear, rear mech for the first two laps. I was just stuck changing between big chain ring, little chain ring, but managed to make the first move. And as we got caught, I've swapped them over so that I had a, um, a rear derailleur instead of the front um, and just ran my bike as one by for the first four laps um, until we then established the next break and had a bit of time up my sleeve to stop and put another battery on my bike. And then I was good to go and spent the next couple of hours um, with JP out off the, off the front and pretty much waited um, for everyone to start catching us. So just had to had pretty good guidance. Um, so I had Matt Wilson and Hank in the car um, following us around, just giving us pointers and just making sure we'd eat and drink and pretty much just stay at the point of um, almost eating too much um, so that you're just fueled up for when they catch because you know it's, you know it's going to get really hard, but you're just waiting for it. So just constantly eating and eating and eating. Um, it's almost like you can't eat enough. Um, and then, yeah, when they finally did catch us and put the hammer down, it was just a matter of hang on for as long as you can. And um, I just took it one lap at a time. Um, so I remember from four laps to go, I know that climb was pretty hard. Um, there was a group of about 40 that ended up making the chase back on. Um, and then from four laps to go, it just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, 
and I just had the goal of one more lap in my head. Um, and every time I made it to the top of the climb, I knew I'd make it back to the start and it was just one more lap, one more lap. And then before I knew it, it was the bell lap. And I thought, Oh, here we go. They're, they're really going to give it some up this climb the next time, but I was able to hang on. And, um, I thought being in the group that I was in, a lot of the guys were climbers. Um, so I thought being a, a bigger guy, I should be able to have them covered in the, in the bunch finish. And, um, yeah, I had got got the job done there, but there was just a, a few guys up the road, which I definitely didn't have the legs to follow, um, nor I sort of had to take the gamble and hope that the other guys would chase and and um, cut me some slack for being up the road all day and being the, the sort of hidden underdog that no one really knew of. So I got to just sort of lay low for a while and have a rest and save myself for the finish. It's, it's one of those races where it's not necessarily awful to be in, in the break because um, people behind have to spend up a bunch of energy normally to catch up to you. But in this case, it seems that um, you, you were going to be in a pretty tough situation to hang on there. Um, I think uh, I think some of the other riders you were with, I mean, Sam Jenner finishes 10 minutes down in the end. I thought he did a great job, actually, um, Jenner, throughout the race. He's really set things up for his Bridgeland teammates. But, I mean, that gives you an idea of just how, how tough it was. Um, out there, I mean, there were what 20, 21 finishes in the end. Yeah, so twenty one. Yeah, too many guys finish, um, and the way the course is too, it's kind of unless you get to those last two laps. As soon as you get dropped, most people just pull out because um, you, you're either going to get lapped or pulled off the course by the officials because it is such a short lap. But no, Jenna did really well. He raced super aggressive, um, trying to make something of the race, but um, ended up cramping up at the end and just fell victim to the heat. Um, which it was a hot day. I know that the peak of temperature was meant to be at 5 p.m. So we essentially just raced from lunchtime until the, the peak heat of the day and they had um, just got the better of him with, uh, I think it was about three laps to go when he started cramping up and got got spat out of the bunch, unfortunately, but he did race really well, really aggressive and had definitely had a crack, didn't leave anything to chance. Yeah, he cramped pretty dramatically um, in the breakaway as well, didn't he? So yeah, not a not a good, well, not a good finish to what was a really good race for uh, for Sam, but um, absolutely top quality. Um, what was your position when um, those big moves went? So James Whelan first um, attacks with 40, 40 something k's to go, and then um, Lucas Plapp then going up, going out after him. Um, what was your um, what was what was the reaction from the group that you were in and uh, what was your personal feeling? So when uh, when Jimmy Whelan went, I thought it was a long way out. And it was, uh, in my head, I thought it was similar to Luke the year before. Um, obviously not as early, but I thought um, there's a good chance he will come back. Um, but he'd have to be on a really good day to, to stay out there. And obviously he was. Um, so he... Once he was gone, we never saw him again. Um, and when Luke went, it had to be the attack of the day. Like he just nailed it. He sat in, he made made sure he saved everything for that move. And when he went, it was just head down, butt up. And it was impressive um, how hard he went. You could just tell the difference in, in his change of pace um, compared to previous attacks. Um, and I know we did try and chase i thought there would be a little bit stronger chase from the others um especially being luke and how strong he is but um 
yeah, I don't think anyone had anything left and he just caught us off guard, um, not attacking in a typical spot. Normally you'd attack somewhere like it was on the climb or on a technical section to the uni, but he sort of hit us after the climb along the flat section at the top and um, it, it worked. I think after the race I was chatting to him and I was with Jimmy and he said, oh, it worked for Jimmy. So I just thought I'd do the same thing and he did and it worked too. So good on him. Yeah, I think I think James uh, had about what minute minute of time minute and a bit by then, um, and Lucas um, just rode across. And to be honest, on that final on that final um, on the second last climb, actually, um, James uh, looked like he was holding him off. Um, but then when it got to that final one, you know, Pipey just TT'd through that um, back section of the course to almost catch up to him, and then just you know hit him on that crucial section of the climb. And after that, it's, you know, over Red Rover. And um, we've got a new, uh, young, very young, uh, National Road Race champion. So just a quality performance from Lucas Platt there. Uh, James Whelan second of Team Bridge Lane. um, And Brendan Johnston uh, of no team at the moment, um, riding for himself um, in third there. Um, Trekkie and Brendan Johnston um, did a great ride in his own regard as well. Going going solo from you guys there. It looks like he just put it into a massive gear on that um on that Mount Bunny on like first section of the climb there and just rode away from everyone. Yeah, it's definitely especially on the climb for me. Um, it's definitely not somewhere that I'm a strong to be chasing moves down. So when he went, I was kind of left at I'll just make sure I keep up with everyone else. It's not somewhere that I'd be able to personally chase him down, but um he. He nailed it as well. Um, another one of those people who he's a very strong, real good talent. Um, and yeah, when he went, it sort of caught everyone off guard and he got away and then um, had the had the legs to back it up and rode away with it. So it was a very impressive ride from Trekkie. So he was in the break with us last year. I remember riding, riding around with him. And um, he and I, I think, were the last two to bridge across to the original break from lap two. So, but yeah, no, he's very, very handy on a bike and I'm happy that he, he, uh, got up there for third place. It's a well-deserved third. So made, um, made a habit of, um, being good in the, in the nationals road race, maybe without, um, stepping on the podium. So he's, he's, um, I think he's very deserving of that. And as were all the guys up there, um, strong rides from likes of Luke Durbridge, um, Chris Harper certainly was active. Mark O'Brien was very active. Ben Dibble, yeah. seemed, ben Dibble seemed to have a few goes. Good, good to see him back in racing. It's been a while. Um, and he would finish 10th in the end. Um, and I mean, might as well miss the other ones. Drew Morey and Alistair Christie Johnson of Team Bridge Lane um, did, you know, did strong rides as well for, for them. Um, was, was there anyone in particular that caught, uh, caught your eye? Yeah, Chris was very active, um, but he always is. He's, he's a very strong rider. Um, I think... Being the World Tour guys, they just um, there's a lot of pressure on them, especially from us NRS um, and Conti riders. Um, there's a lot of pressure on them to control the race, and I think just not having the numbers this year um, to back it up, they were sort of uh, a little bit vulnerable. Um, so you just didn't have that extra support like they normally do to control the race as much as they do. Um, but, yeah, no, very impressive rides from Chris uh, and Durbo. They did well. Uh, and Mark, Mark had a really good crack on the last few laps. 
he was the one who was really driving the sword in on the last couple of laps up the climb, just setting a high tempo. Um, um, it was kind of funny. I felt like a climber in the end, being able to actually keep up with the the smaller guys. But uh, just that little bit of a handicap where they were just a, a fraction tired, more tired than I was. Um, so I was able to just hold the wheel up the climb and. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. I wish I was smaller. It'd be, I reckon it's fun, but um, yeah, unfortunately it's not to be. So I just have to pick races that suit me or try and sneak away. But I don't know if I'll be sneaking away anytime soon. I think, uh, I think I've used up my, uh, my exemption for sneaking up the road. So I'll have to try and find something else to do. So we're moving on to the Santos Petrol Cycling now, men's edition. There's uh, four stages here. There's going to be the um, Criterium, um, which I understand is part of it, but that's not entirely clear based on the information that they've given to us at the moment. Um, yep. That's the Trek Night Riders Criterium, but um, already talked about it with Alyssa just around that centre area of, of town. Um, nothing. Nothing too special there. Should be should be good fun. Then stage one is Sterling to Lobethal, um, 114 kilometres um, on the Thursday, January 20, 27th. Uh, Sterling probably best known for its finishes of the uh, Tour Down Under, but a few stages have started from there. And it looks like it's going to be an interesting little sort of undulating hilly stage. Um, nothing too serious in terms of climbing. But there's a little kick up towards the line um, just before uh, the finish in Lobethal, which, um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to provide a springboard for any attacks, but it might um, change the sort of rider who can win there. Um, what do you reckon, Ken? Yeah, I um, I haven't had a good look in depth at the, the stages that are coming up at Tour Down Under, but um, I think from what I did see, a lot of the stages, are, they'll be hard enough where it – it could be open to a few different riders that may suit. Um, so it, um, it kind of depends on how the race will get ridden, whether someone decides to take control of it and, um, or whether it sort of ends up being a, a free for all and a break might go to the line. It's kind of, um, it's hard to say how it's going to play out. So you're not volunteering your team to ride for Cam Scott at this stage or? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet, no. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't put your hand up too early for that job because uh, it's a lot of time on the front. Uh, but, yeah, Cam, Cam's the sort of person who'd be good at that finish. Um, though what we've seen from previous, um, well, last year's um, Santos Festival Cycling was that it blew up in the first stage and uh, Durbo just went off and rode to a massive win. So um, who knows if uh, we're going to see a similar insanely fast start to um to this year which i mean that that stage was just ridiculous that that one um to start off last year's um festival yeah so i was unlucky on that stage because when durbo went i went shortly after him um and i was i rode i was 30 seconds behind him for a whole lap trying to make the bridge across um but our team car wasn't allowed through um so eventually after it was about an hour a lap um I just ran out of water and had to sit up and and drop back. So I ended up dropped back to the main or the chasing bunch behind him and he ended up winning by two and a half minutes. So very impressive ride from him. Um, but I, um, in hindsight, I kind of wish I had to just rode a little bit harder for a few minutes earlier on um, just to try and make the gap closed up faster. Um, but 
it was sort of I didn't I didn't actually see him go. I thought it was Maya. Um, so I decided to go for the longer ride across as opposed to just a short, sharp sprint across. And um, I paid for it in the long run and didn't end up making it there. But I was close. I ended up yeah, rode behind him for about, about thirty seconds behind him for it was close to fifty k's. So annoying, but that's all right. We'll try something else next time. Yeah, everyone was on their hands and knees at the end of that stage. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great watch, but um, it was very hot too. From memory, it was very hot. Lots of guys, real salty. Um, so, and a real small bunch that finished um, of the guys who caught. Um, it was another one of those days. I remember seeing Sam Jenner cramping up and yelling and screaming and going backwards. And yeah, I really felt for him that day too. Just oh, the pain of. I know it all too well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully we see similar action, maybe not um, from a pain perspective, but from an action perspective this year. Um, stage two is Mount Lofty to Woodside, 112.9 kilometres. Uh, that's on the Friday. Um, they've taken the Quarry Road climb uh, four times, but for some reason only the first two times have a KOM um, on them. Tricky, it's a tricky-ish climb, nothing nothing too hard, but um, 1.2 k's at 6.6 um, average average gradient. And the final the final one is about 10 kilometres, summit's about 10 kilometres out from the finish. I'd, I'd say it's unlikely to have a big impact on the finish um, there, which is largely flat. I mean, what, what do you reckon, Ken? Yeah, it's it um it could get brought back or it could be a similar finish to um the race where Plap won last year solo um and got that little break. Um I although I think it was a little bit shorter last year. I think from memory it was about six Ks um from the top of the last climb, but he managed to just get a little gap at the top and had enough just to roll through and down to the finish and um managed to hold the gap. So I think it's another one of those ones where it could go either way. It could be heavily controlled and bring gets brought back for a sprint, or someone could slip away um, and um, steal a steal a finish. Yeah, I feel last year they got a bit of a benefit um, from knowing the area a bit better than everyone else. Because I think in the road book it was um, a relatively small climb, but once you got once you saw it on TV, it was like you know ten percent for for large portions of it. So yeah. I think. I think they they benefited from knowing that area quite well on that situation and really lighting it up there. With I think yeah. Keller Bryan really set things up for for, for Plappy from memory and then Platt just exploded. So and Richie Richie um, Richie rode the front for that climb. I think for the first it was like a false flat, but it was just more than a false flat. And Richie rode the front for a long long period of it for him to really set him up for that last last bit where it kicked up and. Um, yeah, he just he did his thing and rode away from everyone again and uh, took the stage. Speaking of Richie, um, it's the uh, Wollonga Hill stage, 113 k's, McLaren Vale to Wollonga Hill, um, and the king of Wollonga, Richie Port, in residence again. Um, he's only been beaten up at once in the past eight years by Matthew Holmes, um, from who had a bit of a lead on him from the breakaway um, in 2020. Though who knows, uh, Lucas Platt could have beaten him last year, maybe. Depending on uh, how you read the situation, he was he was certainly happy to let Richie have the win and uh, sat up and applauded him over the line. Um, and this year, it um, this year there'll be there'll be teammates um, both in trade team and in um, uh, racing on um, racing the Santos Festival of Cycling. So 
Um, maybe he's looking to get some more brownie points or maybe he gets a chance to fly himself. But, you know, it's really for climbers, this, uh, well, those sort of really punchy climbers, um, this for longer hill stage. Yeah, it'd be, um, it'd be interesting. I think uh, it could go either way. I think Luke might uh, steal one and try and take over the reins as King of Wollonga or he could let him have it. Um, I think it'll come down to if they do get away, um, I think Luke might let him have it or Richie might get the better of him. Or if there's someone else there, it may spice things up a bit, but it'll just, um, I'm not sure if Diable's racing. I know he's quite a strong climber, Harper. Um, I know Harper went pretty early last year um, and um, Richie got Richie and Luke both got the better of him. So I think, um, yeah, there's a few different ways it could go, but um Obviously, Richie being the, the king of Wollonga, I think he's definitely a hot favourite for that stage. Um, but after watching last year and the way Luke rode back to him, um, and then, yeah, it seemed he let him have the win and he's cheering him on behind. It was quite a funny finish, but um, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see what happens on that stage. I think everyone loves the the theatre the theater and the spectacle of um, seeing Wollonga Hill. Um, and I remember last year, everyone riding Richie off before the race um, because, you know, he hadn't done much on the first stage um, where Durbo just smashed everyone and, you know, hadn't, yeah. hadn't necessarily shown any form. But, you know, come Wollonga, come, uh, come the king. And uh, he was, uh, you know, smashing it up there as seemingly almost, almost as fast as ever. But um, it would be super interesting to see what happens this time um, against some of those other climbers you mentioned? Yeah, definitely. It's um, I'm looking forward to it. I reckon it'll be good. Mm. Um, well, and Wollonga's going to really narrow down the sort of GC candidates that we can see winning this race. I mean, obviously, somebody could do a Durbo and uh, be two and a half minutes ahead before Wollonga, but um, it could it it's likely going to come down to that sort of um, whoever's close enough going into Wollonga and then can win up Wollonga is the sort of uh, GC rider we can see taking this out. Yeah, as long as someone doesn't get a big gap um, on the first stage like last year, I think it could be quite hotly contested um, and it'll really decide who who people are going to race for um, in what um, and what the team's plans are. So it's sort of... Yeah, it does come down to who how how that first stage unfolds. I think we should uh, take a brief look at the riders. Um, unfortunately, there's no full rider list up at the at present. Um, so just having to cobble together some things. But um, we've got we've got the main riders at least. So Chris Harper will be riding uh, with the Billawood team. Uh, Cameron Meyer, uh, Luke Durbridge, um, both riding for Bike Exchange. Jayco, um, Platt and Port for Garmin Australia, and. Uh, Brian Dennison, interestingly, will be riding as an individual. So he keeps on his Jumbo, uh, Jumbo Visma kit. Uh, but uh, whilst Chris Harper's um, riding in um, the Villawood kit. So anyway, that'll be something. <laughs> It'll be a bit different, at least, um, to see. Yeah, that is a bit strange. Yeah. Anyway, um, Rowan was, of course, great during the time trial. Maybe he has a, has a go on uh, Wollonga. We've seen him up there before, of course, in the past. And yeah, really looking forward to to seeing how those guys go. Are there any are there any riders from nationals who um, caught your eye, uh, Kane, and uh, or maybe from you know RA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast um, who could be going well at the end of this one? 
Uh, I know Cam Scott, after seeing his finish in the crit, he's going to be one of the guys that we're going to be, I think, riding for. Like, obviously, we haven't sat down and decided, but I know Cam's got some pretty red-hot form. Um, so if there are any finishes that come in quick, I think um, he'll definitely be one one that we're going to try and help to um, to get a result down there. Um, and uh, Cam Ivory, after his finish at the crit, I know he'll be... Um, I believe he's there too. Um, so he'll be another one that I think can pull something off. He's quite fast, um, but he's also good over that sort of one to two minute um, effort. So if there is that climb, which is uh, 1.6K, that's something that he'd definitely get over in a front punch. And he's very, very fast finisher. So it's something that would suit him um, as well as obviously all the guys that were in that last um, I'd say the last two laps at least um, at nationals are all all very classy, very quality riders that could, um, as if, if things go their way on the day, um, any one of them could run away with a stage win or two. Yeah, um, I don't know who else I'd really throw in the um, group there. I mean, Cam, Cam Scott's a guy I think should be world tour. So, you know, he's um, a guy that you've got to include in any sort of discussion around these sort of races. Um, yeah. White um, could go could go well. I mean, didn't have the best nationals from his perspective, but he's he's always in good form around this type type of year. And uh, some of the St George guys as well, I think, are going to go pretty well. I was um, I was impressed with them. Maybe Tasman Nankovis, for instance, could go could go well in this sort of race. Yeah, no, he's definitely he's definitely going to be there. He's very strong. He rode really well. Um, so. I think um, him, they've got a pretty strong team between, uh, yeah, Tasman, Cam, uh, I believe Connor Reardon's down there as well, and Riley. There are a couple of local boys that I ride with on a on a daily basis up here um, on the Gold Coast. I think, yeah, they'll St. George will definitely have a, a strong team. Mm. Yeah, I think some of these mountain bike guys as well, um, when you stretch the race to over 150Ks, uh, maybe not so much for them unless they're, you know, more of the enduro side of things. Um, but... When you when you're saying okay, here's some short punchy efforts for you to go up. <laughs> that's um that's much more perfect for them. Yeah. Trekkie as well. He's another one that um could go really well. So something that suits him. He's always he's always there and loves to have a good red hot crack like we saw at nationals. Yeah. Question is um if he's riding as an individual um because he doesn't have a team at the moment with um CCS going to uh, ironically going to trek trek bikes um. Obviously, Trekkie doesn't ride Trek anymore. He rides uh, Giant. So, yeah, I don't know what he's planning to do um, if he's, you know, guest riding for them later in the year or something like that. But, um, yeah, and obviously there's Mountain Bike Nationals coming up as well, so maybe his other stuff. Plus, he's got a young family and, you know, a business. So who knows? There could be a lot of competing considerations there. And obviously we don't have a start list at this stage, so there's just a lot of conjecture really at the moment. Yeah, hopefully he comes down. I think he's a... Good one to have there. He always knows how to spice things up a little bit in the race. He's one of those guys where when you see him on the start line, you know he's not just going to sit at the back and uh, wait for things to unfold. He's one of those ones that really grabs the ball by the horns and uh, has a dig. So, um, you know, you know, if he is there, it's going to be a different race as to if he's not there. Um, and for the rest of the season, uh, Kane, what are you, what are you looking to um to do are you um, planning to go overseas at all with um, ARA? Uh, yes we are so we sort of 
at the mercy of the the COVID situation, but the way that it's turning, um, I believe we've got a really good chance to to get overseas. Things are starting to open up again. Uh, like the Queensland Queensland border, they've just dropped a lot of the restrictions of travelling back and forward, which has given me the ability to fly down to Melbourne, race nationals and fly home. Um, it was actually a bit strange doing it for the first time because it's been so long, just being able to go and get on a plane like you would go and get on a bus um, and fly down and fly back. So it's it's uh, it's been so, so refreshing to be able to actually travel and race like we normally, what, what we used to consider normal is not, not normal. But, um, yeah, hopefully things open back up and um, team gets overseas and, get some serious, good, fun racing done and um, see if we can't get some results. I'm sure everyone out there wishes you luck. Um, thanks for being with us, Kane, for what was quite a long uh, podcast in the end. And thank you to everyone who uh, stuck through listening to it. Obviously, you can uh, go to the Australian Cycler, um, Cycling Insider website. Um, we'll be doing some updates from around the Tour Down Under because um, I'm not going to be writing too much for SBS on that. Um, so yeah, you can catch up with all my writing there and, uh, yeah, catch up with Kane. Where's the best place to follow you, Kane, in terms of social media? Uh, so my Instagram and Facebook pages would be my two best pages to, to follow me and what's going on. And, um, if you want to jump on them, they're both just Kane Richards. Um, and you can keep up to date with what's happening and what we're doing and hopefully what races I'm doing well in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, chuck a few like. I chucked a few likes on your um, on your nationals performance posts. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm on. Thank the- you. I set a new record. I got a new record for most likes. That was pretty cool. So oh, perfect. You deserved it anyway. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>